Hey, everybody. Cal and Dan here. Um, you know, we, we have a first for the show. We're going to be chatting with a fighter pilot, which is now a uh, he's a whiskey maker. And uh, man, did we have a good time. Do I have talking. to do I have to call you that in the intro? Can I call sign call sign? Goose. Okay, Goose. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, man, we, we, we had a really good time. And, uh, you know, obviously we were not making fun in any way. And uh, we absolutely thanked him for, uh, for his, um, for his commitment oh, yeah. and, uh, and service to the country. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, really, uh, a really, really neat story here with, uh, with Mark from old line spirits, his partner couldn't be on with us. I don't know. He may be coming on a, on a later show, mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, I had, uh, had some really, uh, really good expressions of, um, of their, uh, American single malt whiskey. Uh, I may have had a few too many. Uh, I didn't have a few. Too, I, it was borderline. I'm glad he didn't send five. If he had sent five, I don't know where the show would have gone. But uh, yeah, no, it, it's a great show. And uh, hey, just by the way, uh, as we get towards the end of the conversation, I don't know if that was Mark kind of saying, uh, I need to get the hell off of here. But uh, we did have a little bit of a, a technology challenge from an internet. So uh, Dan, uh, Dan kind of cleaned some stuff up. So you may hear, uh, kind of some splicing in between conversations. We don't lose any of the, uh, any of the content, if you will. Uh, we just tried to clean it up. So it's a little, little more, um, uh, a little more user friendly, uh, from the listener's perspective, but, uh, uh, yeah, but all in all, man, great stuff. If you haven't tried old line, uh, well, Hey, don't, don't believe me or Dan, uh, listen to Mark himself. Cheers. Cheers. Make more birdies. A bottle of bourbon, a little glass, and some ice. This is not a tip. This is a prescription. Trust me. Mm -hmm. If you don't, you will fall out of bounds. Welcome to Birdies and Bourbon. Sit down and have a sip. Welcome back, everybody, to the Birdies and Bourbon Show. Uh, we're excited to have Mark uh, from Old Line Spirits on with us. Um, and, and that's spirits with two S because, uh, <laughs> Mark, I, I don't know if you know uh, the folks over at Sagamore, but uh, they're very adamant about how many S's or, or how many S's are not in their name. So uh, I, 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 I think I am adamant when I email Brian adding an extra one. <laughs> Put a capital on it. Right, right, right on, right on. Yeah. So, uh, so Cal and Dan here with uh, with Mark from Old Line, and and I think usually you guys try to do these things in in tandem, yourself and a partner. I think he had another uh, had an event that so he couldn't make it, right. uh, but. Yeah, but as I mentioned earlier on, you know, we'd be uh, more than happy to, and, and both of you guys, if you want to come back on, uh, you know, together, you know, absolutely. You know, we, we're, uh, we're always open to a conversation about booze and uh, more importantly, having a drink. Uh, yeah, I'm going to um, join you. I guess it's that kind of party, so let's get after it. Uh, okay, so, so, you've, uh, so here's, the, here's the deal. Uh, disclaimer, prior to getting into this thing. So we've got four pretty heavy pours here. Oh, um, boy. I, I'm, I'm going to try, I'm going to try and make it to the end of the show. Hopefully my sentences are, uh, in my, in my, uh, in my rudimentary East Tennessee upbringing, I'm going to try and, and put things together as, uh, as they, uh, as they learned me in school, as, as we would say, and as we were taught. So, so Mark, we're going to get into the whole old line. Um, by the way, I, I can't, I can't resist. I got to drop this one immediately. I think you're our first, can I call you a fighter pilot? 
Yeah, naval aviator. You know, I, I can give you the rundown of what I did. Naval, you're our first naval aviator on the show, which is friggin' awesome. I may cuss a little bit, so feel free. Uh, we, we, we're, we're protecting your brand, not ours. We're used we've to that around here, so go for it. Okay, so we've already ruined our fucking brand. <laughs> and, well, when I say we, mostly I mean Dan, but, uh, you know, so I, I try to do what I can to kind of keep things together. Keep, keep I, it I feel sorry for Mark now that he went to the naval <laughs> aviator because top gun is coming out this year and cal's been brushing up and it's gonna be bad i know i I can't lie i did i dan and i were talking we usually like to you know we look up and do a little research and kind of get some background so we're not completely ignorant when we come in i'm like do you think he's going to be offended if i ask him to call me goose No. <laughs> this is too easy. Do not play. Do not play into my traps, Mark. You're supposed to say no. You're not helping us. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. So we're going to get into the story. But before we do, so I've got old line ASM. Uh, I'm assuming that's the uh, not assuming, but that's your kind of flagship, right? It is the 86 proof flagship American single malt correct? All right. And then and I'm, I'm kind of li- lining these up as I think you would say to taste them. And then we've got the old line uh, American single malt golden edition. OK. Yep. I may be worth the order, but you go ahead. Yep. Oh, so which which should I drink first? I think you go with the, the ASM 86 proof. I would start there. The first. OK. One uh, yeah. I tend to think going into the cask strength uh, is, uh, the best bet for next, which actually okay. happened to be a, uh, single barrel pick this time around. That'd be kind of, kind of cool. Sweet. Um, cool. I guess in hindsight, I should have sent more than one to compare, but, uh, I was not on the ball that day. Uh, no, no, you're, you're all good. And then, uh, from there, let's go to the, uh, let's go to the uh, sherry cast finish from there and then Ooh. golden edition last. And I'll explain you, why. You, you, yeah, you're going to have to, because you've thrown me for a complete loop. Um, I, I had it, uh, the American single malt, the gold edition, the cast strength, and then the sherry cask and, and for, you know, obvious, well, obvious reasons to me, but I mean, you're the guy. So, uh, you're, you're the, um, you're the facilitator in this relationship. So I'm going to hit the, uh, I'm going to go ahead and have a little pour. I'm actually, I'm just going to drink it all. And Dan, I'm sorry. I probably didn't get those down there soon enough for you it's, to have. It's no big deal. Don't worry about it. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> so actually Dan doesn't, Dan doesn't drink. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> sure. No, but I'll share. You said I had another bottle coming. So, uh, usually yeah. when I get a bottle, I just get it here and then I restructure and Dan eventually gets something. Maybe we'll, we'll talk about it on the air. Don't sort. you worry about it. Don't you worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I, I want to know, Mark, so you're, um, first off, what was your call sign? Fonda. Fonda. As in, as in like Jane Fonda, like, like Hanoi Jane. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so and you're, know about call signs is that they are in the Navy and the Marine Corps. They're rarely cool. It's kind of like the nickname you get when you're a kid. Like, you know, I don't want to be spanky. Well, you're spanky. You know, that's yeah. Cool. <laughs> Yeah. You don't like, get to pick your own nickname, right? Yeah, exactly. Now, in some other services, not the Navy, not the Marine Corps, not the Coast Guard, not the Army, uh, you know, so you can kind of pick your own name these days. Uh, you know, or like there's a, you have a way out. Like I can call you Dangleberry. And you're like, well, I don't like that. Well, you pay $100 to the bar and you can call yourself Razor from that point forward. To me, that's complete bullshit. So uh, right, I love right with brethren, but I, I also have a lot of issues with the way they operate. Nice. Well, sir, we, we'd be remiss if we didn't say thank you yes. for your service. Thank my you my father absolutely. was also a Navy man. He was on the Nimitz, actually. Oh, nice. um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, but thank you for your service. We appreciate thank it. You. And uh, let, let's get this thing running. I mean, I'm already having too good of a time. Um, how do you go from the cockpit to the distillery? 
Yeah. So uh, just if I start going off on too many tangents, just kind of rein me in. But uh, the, the quick background is uh, so me and Art, my business partner, we both flew together. So our job hmm. uh, in the Navy, you mentioned Goose. We were the guy that operated the weapon system. You know, the, and our plane is called a Prowler, EA-6B Prowler. And there were uh, actually four guys in it, believe it or not, two guys side by side in the front and two guys side by side in the back. And it was a carrier based jet, uh, did electronic attack. So like radar jamming, um, our job was to fly in with strike package and basically jam the radars and get a certain missile that would target radars to basically dismantle the air defenses to allow everybody to get in and out without getting shot down essentially. Yeah. Um, did that, you know, I wanted to be, you know, I, I thought about being in the military since I was a kid. You know, my dad was a Marine in Vietnam. My, both my grandfathers were in world war II. my maternal grand, I'm sorry, paternal grandfather was a bombardier and B-17s in, uh, in the European uh, theater. And my mom's dad was a, uh, a grunt fixing airplanes in the island hopping campaign wow. uh, Pacific. So and n- none of us have been career military in my family, but every just generationally, somebody's been in some sort of, you know, service. And to me, it was an important part of what I wanted to do. It was also exciting. Um, you know, I lo- I'm from Boston originally, um, and I love it there, but I wanted to get out and see different places. And the Navy was a great way to do it. So I did that. Uh, so after college, you know, joined the Navy went to flight school. My eyesight was horrible. So I wasn't able to be a pilot, but I was able to be, you know, uh, a naval flight officer, which I loved. And, uh, so, hey, did, did you know, did you know that you wanted to fly? I mean, was that kind of a, like a, you know, kids grow up and like, I want to be a firefighter. Or I want to be a cop. Are you yeah. like, I want to fly in some fashion. Yeah. I was like, I was always into aviation and like, even like, you know, um, like space travel as a kid, I would write letters to NASA and like, they would send me like packets of pictures, like the PR person. They yeah, yeah, right, right. Kid and, so I was kind of one of those kind of nerd kids on that stuff. And um, so I always had interest in it. When I went into the Navy, uh, when I was in, like, in college in ROTC, you know, I entertained doing other things. And then I just kind of found that the guys that I knew that you know were my instructors that were aviators were always the guys I was drawn to. They were just cooler, you know, just like they didn't get riled up as much over the small stuff. Uh, it kind of bent the rules a little more and kind of fit, it fit my personality more, what I wanted to be at least. And so I was very drawn to aviation. Um, so went in and, and uh, when you go to aviation in the really any service these days, they spend so much money training you, hmm. uh, you know, flight school two years long, you wow. finish flight school, you get your wings. So they kind of deemed you, you know, you know, not to be dangerous, but you still don't know how to operate a real combat aircraft. So you spend another year learning how to operate the aircraft that you've been selected for. So it's like three, three and a half years from when you started off, to when you actually get into a plane and could theoretically go off to, you know, combat. Right. Um, and even then you're still kind of a liability. You don't really know much yet. So it's like in, in a couple of years that you were, you're kind of being brought up by, you know, trial by fire. And then eventually maybe five, six, seven years in, you're kind of hitting your stride. Like, okay, I kind of, I kind of know what I'm doing here. Um, so they, they want you to stick around a long time. So like my minimum number of years I could do was eight, I think, um, before I could even consider getting out because of all that investment they put in. Right. Yep. Um, so the, when I hit my eight or, you know, you get around 10 years in, you know, under the old retirement system, you know, you're halfway to retirement. Uh, you start thinking long and hard about it. It's just, the, don't want to keep doing this. And I absolutely loved aviation. I love flying, love the Navy. I would do it again a million times. It's the best thing I ever did for my, you know, aside from getting married to my wife and having kids, that is the best thing I've ever done hands down. Um, but I also realized that you do something for 10 years and you learn a lot of great skills. You can get out and adapt and become something different. Sometimes you do things for 20, 30 years, you're kind of typecast. Um, 
And I, I felt the iron was hot for me to try something different. So the new G, a new GI bill had come out recently mm-hmm. and I could uh, apply to go to grad school essentially for free. Uh, so I said, I applied to three business schools that all should have comically, you know, laughed at me, uh, Harvard, Wharton, and then university of Virginia. Uh, I was my history. I was a history major undergrad. I had a 2.78 average. Mm-hmm. You have to try to get below 3.0 in history. Hey, quit bragging. <laughs> quit, quit bragging. Quit bragging. You have to, I had to try really hard to not get at least a B, and I, I did it. So, um, but the military game, you know, card played, and I got into Virginia and went there. And uh, I thought, hey, all right, here's I'll kind of redefine myself and try something new. Um, and I'm sorry for the long answer to your question, but no, no, no. Um, ended up uh, getting into finance, became an investment banker for a couple of years, wow. learned a ton, glad I did it. Uh, but it was not a good fit. Um, and so the whole time I was doing that, I'm like, I want to do my own thing. I don't want to be sitting in a cubicle 80 hours a week. The money's good, but that's about it. Um, and I thought a lot about the beer world, the wine world. And then like, those weren't really calling me too much, but this whole like, you know, revitalization and spirits would really get my attention. Uh, and I was, you know, looked into it and, and once the hook was set, it, it, it was set. So, uh, I quit my job, um, in the bank without a plan. I knew I wanted to start a distillery. I knew that I wanted to produce something. I knew that I loved whiskey. You know, I was a beer drinker and a whiskey drinker growing up, um, more of an Irish whiskey drinker before I started this, that's, you know, Boston, that's kind of the prevalent thing, mm-hmm. but, uh, knew that I was, you know, lo- and I love the romance of it. Like I remember talking to my grandfather who he wasn't a big drinker, but he had a drink or two. And he knew, you know, he had gone to distilleries and knew all about the mash process, all these things. And I remember just sitting him talk, hearing him talk and loving that whole romance of this whole process. And then this sits in a barrel for years and years and years. And ta-da, and that's finally done. And I kind of got really drawn in by that. And then, you know, quit the banking job with basically thinking like, hey, you know, I've redefined myself once from going to, the, you know, well, twice, right? Going from a civilian to the Navy, made that work. Navy to banker, made that work. Well, should I do that again? I think. So I just said, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll become a distiller of some sort. And, uh, so this is where it gets kind of wild. I quit the job and I was flying from the East coast. Uh, I was living here in Baltimore, um, to the, out to Seattle for a wedding, a Navy buddy. Ride, riding or driving. Uh, I, I was riding, I was riding, I was, I was drinking while in the air. So yeah. Uh, which I guess maybe not necessarily, yeah, I was riding. Yeah. And, uh, um, so, uh, you know, commercial flight out there. And then, uh, I was going out for a wedding and I remember going out to Seattle and I'm thinking like, Oh, Seattle's got a ton of breweries. Maybe they have distilleries. I want to start a distillery. Maybe I'll just, you know, find a place to drop into, say hi. And I Google, you know, Seattle distilleries. And the first thing that pops up is the American distilling Institute, uh, was having their annual conference in Seattle that week. Oh, wow. All right. That's, that's a sign. I'll, yeah. I'll go out days early and I'll show up. So I showed up, uh, knowing that I knew nothing about whiskey. I knew, or sorry, nothing about distilling rather. I knew, I, I knew nothing. And I knew that showing up. Um, but within a day it was reinforced very heavily. Like, I'm like, no, and this is a, this is a comment for beginners. And I was just like, Oh my God, like I am, I'm screwed. I don't know. I, I don't know what way is up here. So day two of the conference, I was just kind of taking a step outside, uh, to the lobby of the hotel it was in I was checking my email on my phone. And this older guy just kind of plops down next to me. Uh, and he says, Hey son, you know, how you doing? And wasn't really in the mood to talk to anybody. I was kind of feeling self pity, but he was a wonderful guy. Nice guy. I'm not an asshole. So of course I said, Hey, how are you? I'm Mark. I'm you know, from Baltimore here. I'm trying to start a distillery and he's an old army vet, a Vietnam vet. Um, and I mentioned I was a Navy guy and after about five minutes, he says, uh, Hey, you want to buy my business? I have a distillery nearby. Oh boy. <laughs> I mean, like haphazardly, just all of a sudden, like you hit it off and he's like, uh, you want to buy this thing? 
Yeah, exactly. So the reason he was even there that he owned a tiny distillery up about 90 minutes north of Seattle. Coincidentally, like mile, a few miles from where I used to fly out of when I was stationed out there years ago. Wow. And um, his business partner slash neighbor slash friend was terminally ill. So they were looking to sell and he thought, well, what better place to find somebody to buy this business than this, you know, conference. And I, I mean, I, I don't mean to stop you, but like literally, I mean, from the time that you started until this point, I, I ain't calling bullshit, but I'm telling you, if I were telling this story to somebody else, they're going to be like, yeah, you're making this shit up. Four days, I swear to God. It's four days, four days. So wow. I remember being blown away and being like, all right, well, Hey, I got to process this. Cause it didn't really fit into the paradigm. I thought like, I'm going to start this thing from complete scratch. And I mean, we basically did start from scratch given how small that business was. But, um, one of the things I was a little bit surprised by and uncertain about was that he was making American single malt whiskey. Oh, wow. And I was thinking bourbon and rye bourbon because, you know, it's the quintessential American style whiskey. Uh, and I love bourbon rye because it's a quintessential Maryland thing. I love rye. So those things are what I had in my head. And now this idea of taking over an existing operation and making a different category of whiskey that I'd never heard of before. This is 2014. So American single malt small now is minuscule. Then mm-hmm. uh, it really almost kind of, it was almost a turnoff to me. I'm like, I don't know if this is what I want to do. But I agreed. He said, hey, why don't you come out, you know, come back out in a couple of weeks, fly out, stay in the guest house, make some whiskey, hang out, just see what you think. So I'm like, all right, what, what the hell? Why not? I mean, so are I, you thinking like I'm flying out there and this is going to be like some cult shit? Like you're walking in and there's like plastic <laughs> on the walls. And, you know, it's like, it's like, hey, if the door like clicks behind you, you know, it's really I, bad. Kind of. I, 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 I didn't dress sexy. That's, I, I made, <laughs> I didn't dress sexy. So, um, so went out there and uh, it was awesome. I mean, I, I was just blown away. He was, such, he was one of the best people I've ever met. Um, he just, he and, and Jim, who uh, was still alive then, but he, before we bought the business, Jim had passed away. They were just making great whiskey by trial and error. Like they weren't chemists, they weren't engineers. They both were vets. And then like both were in the restaurant industry for years and years and years and just did this for yeah. fun really. And this whole distillery was a like an old, like kind of chicken cooper barn on Bob's property that used to hold his Corvette. Then he put a distillery in it. <laughs> and then he wanted to sell a distillery to get his Corvette back in. It's like, it almost not an exaggeration of his mindset. Uh, <laughs> but it was, uh, it, it was this little tiny, um, you know, 60 gallon pot still open flame heated, which is terrifying. Um, and then we went out there, you know, eventually, you know, said, Hey, I want to do this, raise capital, mostly from friends and family, uh, mostly Navy guys. You know, we actually didn't ask a single friend or family for money, but people came to us and said, Hey, you're starting a business. Are you raising money? And we would say, okay, yeah. And we'd start that process. And then once one Navy guy invested, he told his buddy. And then before you know it, it's a bunch of, you know, guys we used to fly with that funded the initial round of this arch. And I, you know, arch, I, I haven't mentioned arch yet in this, uh, Arch has been from almost day one and, uh, you know, we ended up moving out, living in the guest house as, as roommates and making whiskey with Bob every day from like 5am to 10pm and eventually until we could do it in our sleep and bought the business and moved it back to Baltimore. So, uh, I mean, un- uh, it's not unbelievable. I believe you. So when yeah. I say unbelievable, I, I, but I'm just saying in the sense that, you know, I, I mean, and you know, this, we, we don't like, we don't get political or, or religious on here, but I mean, uh, if, you, if you believe in something other than old Dixie barking in the background, <laughs> um, if you believe in anything and it's like, Hey, like if, you know, something that's meant to be, I mean, you couldn't write this shit up any better. I mean, this is a movie. It, it's I, I agree. Like we had a, one of our advisors on a board now, it's kind of Richard Wolf and he's, he's big in the bourbon industry. Um, and, uh, when I first was telling him like, Hey Richard, I don't know, this is great, but like they're making single malt. 
I kind of thought I started this thing completely on my own, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm not sure the story is going to play. And he, he basically shook me by the shoulders. He's like, you yeah, like, this is the best story. Like, 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 like this is gold. Right, this is a movie, man. I mean, they, like this shit doesn't happen. Like you, you have to, even if it doesn't work, you have to try it. Right. You have to try. Agreed. Agreed. It, it, it was an amazing opportunity. And Bob, I, I mean, Jim was great too. He's passed away, unfortunately, but Bob we're still very close with and, uh, just think the world of them. And so what, what is my, and you may get here eventually. I'm, I mean, yeah. I hope I'm not jumping the gun on you. So, uh, I mean, you know, that was 2014. So we're seven years, six, seven years into this thing <laughs> now. And this dog's barking. <laughs> this, she this never dog, barks hey, during the pod. This, yeah. This dog is crazy about pick, this pick her uh, up. Pick single her up, malt too. Pick her up. Yeah. This dog said, I, I, I love that single malt. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't know. She's uh, being kind of crazy. I hope my, uh, hope my gal pal comes and gets her. Sorry about that. No, no um, but it, it, so what's Bob's thoughts? Uh, ah. So what's Bob's thoughts on, um, on what you've done with, uh, with, and, well, wait a minute, let me back up. What was the name of the distillery that you bought? Oh, so golden distillery, hence the golden Go- edition, which I'll get you later. Golden. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, and, and they were called golden because, for a couple of reasons, the primary one was that they they refer to themselves as the Golden Boys because they were in their retirement years. Oh, okay, uh, okay. And when we bought the business, we told Bob like, "Hey, we love your brand, but it doesn't really fit us as Arch and I are just in a different part of life." Um, and we were a little concerned at first that he was going to feel very strongly about, "Hey, this is what we built," and and we would have been sensitive to that and, and had a discussion about it. But we said, "Hey, you know, we're probably going to rebrand it," and he's like, "Yeah, of course, man. Like, go for it." So he was, yeah. he was couldn't have been better about it. Yeah. Once again, I mean, you know, because when you're talking to to distillers and folks that are making, you know, and, and, and it can go from single malt whiskeys to bourbons to wines to beers. I mean, there's a certain uh, what do, uh, I mean, they're, they're, they've left a fingerprint on it. Right. Or they've left an impression in something that like, you know, hey, I did this and this is this is my interpretation of what it is. And it and, and as much as, as it is a business and, you know, and, and revenues and you want to go down that stream, it's you know, I would say the people that are doing it and I'm not doing it. I'm drinking it and enjoying it and having a good time. But and but you'll be able to talk more into this. But, you know, someone like Bob is. I mean, you know, th- I mean, there's, there's like, there's literally probably blood, sweat, tears that are kind of going through this thing. And it's like, you're going to do what with the, with my brand, kinda, you yeah. know, hundred uh, percent agree. No, he, he, he couldn't have been better about it, but yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, you, I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, that was, that was, we were very aware of that discussion that it could have gone differently. And I wouldn't have faulted him if it had gone differently. I, you know, this is his baby, but yeah. he, he, Bob had a very keen sense of, he loved what he built, but he also knew he could understand where we were coming from and what we wanted to build. And we've been very, not because it's, uh, any sense of, uh, how do I put this? We, we stay close to the golden brand, not because we feel we have to, but because we want to like, yeah. you know, um, like our golden edition. And we talk about you know, every tour that's been given in this building starts off with how we started out and Bob and Jim are, awesome. uh, are, are mentioned, uh, because we never would have been doing American single malt if it wasn't for them. And, um, and, and they're, they, by some circumstance of trial and error came up with an amazing whiskey, uh, which we've, I think refined a little bit, but really, I mean, they, by trial and error came up with a whiskey that we thought was absolutely fantastic and a perfect expression of American single malt. I mean, I think there's so many great American single malts out there and we just love ours so much. And, um, it, uh, you know, so anyway, I, I just think that we just got this great um, critical mass from them. Very small. I mean, it was a turnkey distillery, but this whole entire distillery 
not including the whiskey barrels, which there weren't that many, but there were like 150, like 10 gallon barrels when we bought the business. Everything else besides the barrels fit into a 26 foot U-Haul, which I drove across country. <laughs> like I, it's, like it was, it was just the smallest thing in the world. But we were able to take that, and we really one of the biggest things we got was, you know, we got the grain, we got the yeast. The yeast is big, but yeah. uh, we got the know-how, uh, which we I think we've since kind of, I think Bob would agree, professionalized a little bit. Like we you know, which I'll explain more in a minute. But generally, we get the basic you know kernel of really what this is, and it haven't changed it very much at all. Um, but the big thing we got was a confidence to ramp up production quickly. By that I mean, we already knew that if we did step A, B, C, D to Z and put it in a barrel, the result was going to come out. And we can't, we pretty much knew what, how it was going to come out instead of saying, we're going to start from nothing with these grains and this yeast. And we're going to have to wait four years to figure out if it's any good or not. Yeah. So that confidence of knowing that Bob and Jim had already done that, right. let us ramp up production very quickly, which mm-hmm. uh, we, we, with a lot of confidence. Nice. So, so when you, so when Bob, uh, Bob and Jim, when you, when you show up at their place and they're like, Hey, let's, uh, let's, let's drink some whiskey. Uh, and I think I'm, I'm a few, we're, we're a little bit of, I think that's the last one we're going to taste, but the golden edition is the original, uh, golden distillery, um, uh, single malt, right? It is. And there's, okay. there's a okay. bit of a distinction on it that I'll get to when we taste it, but that is the, that is the only whiskey you'll taste today that Arch and I didn't have any hand in the actual distillation of because it happened before we even knew Bob. Yeah. Well, hold on. Let me make some comments on this, um, on the on this the the old yeah, the not, not, not just but well but yeah the eighty six proof uh, sure. kind of uh, I guess flagship for you guys right and you know I get kind of the um, it so it, I know it's single malt right away so obviously you've kind of nailed that right I'm I'm kind of getting that uh, fresh cut grass maybe a little uh, if you're a, f- a farmer at all I'm getting like uh, I'm almost getting like some fresh cut alfalfa hay off okay. the nose on this thing uh, definitely getting uh, definitely fruity for me and uh, yeah I mean I could just uh, I-, I could get myself into not completing sentences very easily <laughs> <laughs> well the uh, uh, I appreciate that and then one of the things which I haven't gotten into is that you know, what you're seeing with American single malts is, you know, we're beholden to a lot fewer uh, restrictions that our scotch yeah. are. And needless to say, scotch is, a, to say it's a venerable category is, is an understatement. It's amazing. And, you know, we aspire to be uh, looked in that, you know, viewed in that regard someday. Um, but we're also very, very happy that we don't have to operate exactly with, that we have more, it's a new category here. It's, I mean, yeah. American single malt technically is undefined. There's a, there's a malt whiskey category in the U.S., but there's not a single malt. So really what we're doing as a, a, as a group is other single malt producers and us are kind of self-regulating as far as what we think it should be and trying to get that kind of codified into law. So that, that's where I was. Yeah, I was going to say, so you're, you're kind of serializing um, uh, like the what, you know, what are the parameters around a, a single malt whiskey? Right. So it's a, hey, if we govern ourselves accordingly and everybody's kind of moving down the same path, then then do you create your own laws? And, and what is that? I, I don't want to get too like way off base, but what does that process look like? I mean. Excuse me. Like, who are you talking to? How do those conversations start to start to, you know, from their infancy? How do you plant the seed? And then how do you get to the like, we actually got something and we can start to put some some guardrails around this. So as far as the mechanics of it, I'm not too familiar. So we're part of this thing called the American Single Malt Commission, which is us and you know dozens of other single malt producers in the U.S. And we're um, we're certainly not the biggest. We're not, I mean, we're far from the smallest. Maybe we're in the top third, 
maybe definitely top half, right? But there's the biggest guys like the Stranahan's and the Westlands, uh, Balcones, and places like that. They have the biggest voice. You know, understandably, they're, they're, they're the biggest names in, the, in, the, in that this industry right now. So they're doing a lot more of the hands-on aspect, but really it goes through the uh, what used to be part of the ATF. It's now called the TTB, the Alcohol, Tobacco, Tax, and yep. Alcohol, Tobacco, Tax and Trade Bureau. Hmm. So that's where the definitions lie uh, in that under that regulatory framework. And uh, so I don't know exactly know how it, it actually mechanically gets done, but what we're trying to do, like, there's kind of two camps here. And I kind of fell in one and changed my opinion. My original thought was if we are undefined or loosely defined, let it stay that way. Like, like why, why invite yeah. more scrutiny, more, you know, restrictions and uh, Arch, my business partner, I think he, he disagreed. And I tend to lean a little more on his opinion now is that, or t- towards his opinion is that, um, yeah, I get it, but also this keeps people from bastardizing what an American single malt is. It, it sets a framework of like, you got to meet these parameters, which is good. Um, and it also, if we're doing it ourselves as the kind of up and comers, it prevents, uh, you know, the big boys from coming in and trying to define it in a way that's disadvantageous to us. I will say that in my opinion, the, the big boys in the spirits world have not been like you see in the beer world, like, you know, the AB and devs tend to go out and, yep. and hunt out the small guys. I have not seen that at all. I've seen, I've had nothing but neutral to positive experiences um, with, with the big guys. So I don't I think. Mean, do you think, do you think that's because uh, everybody's just so honed in on bourbon, like the, the resurgence of bourbon in, in the mid, uh, the mid 20 teens, right. And or early 20 teens, I guess. And then where we are today, do you think that you just don't have the spotlight? I mean, is that, I think that's part of it. I think we don't have the spotlight. I, just, so I don't think they view us necessarily. I mean, I'm sure I know they're watching the, the craft industry. Sure. I don't yep. like the term craft, but there's not a better one to use. Um, but the, um, you know, I, I think they're watching us as they should, because they'd be crazy not to, but I don't think we're a big threat to them. One of the reasons I think that we're probably less threatening to them than uh, we, you know, the beer makers view the small brewers. Well, two big reasons. One beer as a category is, is slowing. Um, yeah. And it now, and people are, are looking for their, they're, they're doing land grabs right now and trying to stake their claim. Uh, whereas spirits is, is still experiencing revival. Now we're all boats are rising people a little less cutthroat. That's probably part of it. Um, hmm. but the other part I think is that I think that unlike, you know, when the, when the craft breweries became a big thing starting, like, let's say, you know, I know anchor steam has been around since like the sixties, but like eighties into the nineties were really started to take root. Um, those guys started producing something very, very different than the cores and millers and the buds of the world. Right? That's right. You know, cores millers, but they're extremely well-made products. You'd be crazy to say they're not well-made, but they're very, in a very, very narrow, uh, light flavor profile category. And then, you know, Sam Adams comes in with, this over here that's like Sierra Nevada. I mean, Nevada. You, you can start going down. Yeah, right. exactly. It starts blowing people's minds like, holy shit, this is what a beer can be like. <laughs> Sweetwater 420. And I mean, you get, you know, now it's like, I mean, hell, who knows what's in your beer? Uh, 100% <laughs> agree. And, uh, so I think what's different now, though, is that, well, I wouldn't say that those guys are putting out better beer than the big boys from a perspective of like quality control. They're putting out a much more flavorful, different flavor profile, yeah. and that became a big threat to them. What I think you're seeing in Spears world is that because of the aging requirements and, and not that beer is easy to make, but distilling is just that much more of a complexity level. I mean, <clears throat> I have a bottle of Edmund Williams bottled and bond at home. I bought for $18. God, that, that is, I've got a bottle sitting right back here and it is good. It's good. It's 18 bucks. That's, that's less than we charge the distributor, let alone with the distributor. Right. Like, you know, like, and like, so like, I think they look at it as like, Hey, like we, we can play this game right now for the so next a couple of decades, they can play this game better than us. And I think that they feel very secure as they probably should. I don't know if I, 
but I, I also, I'd like, this is the optimist in me likes to think that it's just, you know, it's, it's a, it's a collegial business. And I think that, uh, I think there is an element of, you know, that we're all in the same business, whether we're tiny or big and, and, you know, maybe that'll change someday, but right now it seems to be kind of the vibe. So, yeah. Hey, so are, so are both, uh, yourself and arch, uh, the distillers, how do you guys label yourselves? I don't so, co-founders, but co-founders. Yeah. So the way we divide it, I actually, I haven't distilled anything in forever. Uh, arch runs the ops side of the business. Okay. Um, and I run, um, you know, the sales, uh, the, uh, all the finance, I deal with the lawyers and all that fun stuff. Um, but Arch runs the ops and we have a distiller, Jerry, uh, who's a brewer by trade and also an engineer. And he's come, came to us about five years ago. He's great. So Jerry's our hands-on distiller, Arch. He works for Arch directly. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I, I can talk the process. Um, but if you ask me to go in there and, and, you know, throw a mash together, <laughs> like oh shit here, here i go uh, so uh, well and, and I, I was i was just out just for uh just my ignorance uh you know i saw uh, your your label that came over but i, I didn't catch sure. that so so i advanced to um as, as you were sharing and by the way um we don't grade these things often but you are gonna get a really good grade i appreciate i mean this thing this thing is going so good hopefully uh i hope everybody else likes it i'll stop talking no, 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 actually, i'm gonna get a, a up here real quick and i'm gonna follow along with you so we're on the cast strength right well yeah so i'm moving but i so you know what i noticed is so and i'm looking and i'm seeing that the that the 86 proof is 10 gallon barrels yep. and then we've moved to cast strength at 30 gallon barrels so i, I have a trick question not a trick question it's nothing is tricky sure. um, it's only just we're sometimes we don't know things but man the nose on this 86 I mean, if I were to put them, and I guess maybe it's the, the, the alcohol content. So it's coming in at 121. I know, Dan, don't get nervous. Uh, I'll, I'll take it easy on this one. Dan gets nervous when I get to the high, the like triple digits, because that's when uh, that's when the sentences start disrupting themselves. I edit the shows, so it takes. <laughs> hey, that, that is not true. We are a non-editing show. Hold on. No, well, but, okay, no, he's right. He's right. So if if everything goes well, it doesn't get edited at all. If if he starts to decline rapidly, there's a lot of editing. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you send me multiple bottles with three digits on them, then uh, Dan's like, I'm going to clean this up a little bit for it. So it so it protects the uh, the old line brand yeah. anyway said uh, you can you can you can write drunk but always edit sober there you go uh -huh. perfect perfect <laughs> uh -huh. uh, spoken like a true <laughs> navy man listen write that down <laughs> uh so i like the nose on this 86 is this like i mean it's this crazy malty just like overwhelming finish like if you're not into malt it's you it's you're gonna have trouble drinking it i personally am a fan and i could that 86 i could throw down i'm not getting the same thing on the nose with this cast string so i don't know if it's the um if it's the the additional what are we looking at like 40 points uh 35 points on this thing that are kind of kind of yeah. muting on the nose for me is that what it is you think so a couple of things. One, you, you you pointed out that the first um, sample you had, the 86 proof, was from our 10 gallon stuff, which we're, we've moved on from. We're almost we have like maybe 90 gallons left of it. Like we're almost done with it. And we were small gallons, very our small barrels were very tricky, but we were very fortunate to get. Uh, we were very a product we're very proud of from those. Where most of our, if you were to look out in the warehouse right now, 95% of our inventory is in traditional 53s, but we're going to we have some okay. 30s that are coming online right now. 
So the reason I sent you that sample was from a 30 gallon barrel was because I just think it shows even better. Oh, that's the barrel uh, pick. That's a bit. Yeah. And I, in hindsight, like I should have sent you three just like to do, but anyway, I, I well, hey, you know, it's never too late. We, <laughs> we, 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 it's called, it, Hey, it's birdies and bourbon. You've got my address and mulligans are allowed. <laughs> mulligans. <laughs> <you know. laughs> so the, um, so I think you're getting uh, one. It's 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 been maturing longer, so it's, you know more time. As I'm sure you guys know, the bigger barrels, you know, it takes yeah. longer to extraction, but you get much more time for oxidation and transformative effects. But regardless, even if so, what I'm sipping, I'm sipping a 10 gallon cast strength uh, hmm. alongside you. I, 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 did, I didn't I didn't save enough maybe for you to see the color, but for, so for those oh, who yeah. are just listening to the podcast, uh, you, I mean, this is like noteworthy to go on YouTube. I, I should have saved a little more. I'm being a pig about it. But um, I mean, like we've got like cola from the cast strength and we've got like uh, like golden kind of uh, kind of hay. I mean, it sure. is essentially I mean, but it, I mean, that's amazing at the dip. Can you see it? Yep. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, you see it, I, I'm sure. I just don't know if it translates through from it the does. camera. But it does. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that is that's crazy, man. It, it, and, and, you know, and it's you know we don't add any coloring or anything. It's just you know it's just that much more concentration of uh, products in the in the cast strength. So for, um, you know, each palette's different, right? So like what things I pick up will be different than you. And, and obviously you know, what I pick up in the morning, I might be different in the evening, you know, you, you know, all that for me, the 86 proof, um, definitely. I, I get like a lot of vanilla and caramel, um, on, on the nose. Uh, you know, the fruitiness that you mentioned in the 86 proof, that's a very, you know, a hallmark of a lot of malts is, you know, yep. you know fruitiness is, is a big part of it. Uh, and it can be very fruity, like, like, a like a Glenmo. Sometimes you get a ton of fruit. Um, I don't think it's an overpowering thing for us, but I think it's there for the cast strength. I get the fruit more, um, for me, I get more of that stone fruit. Um, but and then the caramel comes in strong. Oh, I'm getting like, uh, I'm, I almost want to call this cast strength. I'm, I'm getting like, like heavy duty honey notes on this thing, man. And I missed their heavy duty. Was it honey? Like honey, honey. Uh, and, and, uh, honey. Hello. 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 Yeah. Honey notes. Oh, hang on one Honey. sec. Oh no! See, I oh, told you, I, I no, told you I, I was going to ruin it, Dan. <laughs> no, I'm going to turn my uh, my Bluetooth off here. It's um, was my sister calling, and it was. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, get her on the show. Is she is she a uh, is she a single malt drinker? Uh, no, no, no. She's more of a more of a like a Lucille Bluth like a wine drinker. Oh, okay. oh well, I mean, right. we're not arguing with that. Uh, you can't tell her I said that. Actually. Cal, where's it, where's it hitting you on the palate? Is it hitting you in front, center? Uh, so this thing hits me in totally in the back. So we, we were just, uh, we recorded with, uh, with Dixon Deadman from, uh, Kentucky Owl last night and we did a little sensory thing with him. And I, so I don't know how you kind of, uh, how you taste. I don't know if you're a, are you a, and we've talked a lot about flavors, but are you a, when you're tasting and you're like, yeah, that's it. Are you picking out or looking for the, and this happens naturally, but are you a flavor guy and a flavor profile or are you a sensory guy kind of in where it hits you and, you know, smelling and then where it hits you in the mouth? I mean, but I mean, if I had to pick one more a flavor guy, but definitely the texture is, is, is a big thing. Uh, like, you know, for example, the cast drink, you know, I describe it sometimes as like it's chewy. It's, the tannins are strong and you can almost chew on it. And I think that's a wonderful thing. Right. And, um, um, but you know, and the AC group is more like velvety. Um, and, but, uh, I, so I yes. Yeah. So where and the Dan asks is where is it hitting? The eighty-six proof. Like I'm still chewing on that cast strength in the back of my mouth, man. It is. It's like the back, like maybe middle, but probably the last, uh, you know, the the back third of my mouth, and that thing is just. 
I mean, I could just say, just, I could just keep, I mean, it's like, I'm, I'm chewing on, on that malted barley and it is good, man. I mean, it's like, <laughs> like if you put a bowl of oatmeal together and you put, um, you put, uh, so you load it up with, um, put some, put a little, some butter in there and, and you throw in some, uh, uh, I'm, I'm not going brown sugar. I'm getting honey, 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 like, like crazy. And then, uh, I'm trying to think of like some peaches. Oh. If I chop if I, if I chop up some peaches and put in this thing and stir it up, I mean that's just like kind of sitting and I mean it's still like it, it, it this is good, right? So anybody that's listening going like I don't know what he's explaining, is this good or bad? I mean, for me, this is a good thing. Now, what I would say is if you're if you're not into um uh you know triple digit uh proofs, meaning you know, 121 proof. And if you're new to uh, malt whiskeys, and like like if you're a, um, and we I think we're going to get into one of these in a minute. But if you're like a Lafroy drinker, like this is it, it's not just go the other direction. It's completely completely different. Even though you guys do distill in the Scotch fashion, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yep. Yeah, but it's but just I mean everything that's coming off of this thing is like I would introduce somebody to old line with your 86 proof. I think that's a really, really fair introduction to a single malt whiskey, American single malt whiskey. Sure. Uh, but if you told me, Hey, like what, what's the last thing you poured? And you said, I poured, um, I poured rare breed, uh, foolproof. I'm like, Oh, well, do you like malted, uh, you like malted whiskey? Oh, I love it. And I'm like, well, shit, here, here, here you go. You know, I, I'd, I'd send them right down this alley. Yeah. Well, uh, oh, I appreciate that. And one of, one of the things I think that we benefit from is, um, in my opinion, there is, so it's, it's while it is definitively a malt and that is always what we want it to be. It's a, it's, we think it has a definitively American flavor profile because we age in virgin oak. So, uh, you know, medium char, number three, number four char, virgin oak. So a lot of bourbon drinkers who, while it's definitively a malt, a lot of bourbon drinkers who maybe don't like traditional scotch, whether it's Highland or, you know, in Isla or whatever it might be, uh, a lot of bourbon drinkers will sip this and be like, yeah, I didn't think I could like a malt, and I do. Like, because mm. there's enough of the new oak that they're familiar with that draws them in. And, um, and you know, that, that's really, we found that we actually, as, as Scotch drinkers, we're very lucky that we actually have this chance to interact with people and offer tastings. We convert a lot of people. But uh, bourbon drinkers, actually, we've been surprised, have been more adoptive of our American single malt than Scotch drinkers have. For one, I think that it surprises them that they didn't think they could like a malt, and they do. Um, and the other reason is that I think Scotch drinkers tend to be very age statement um, focused. Not all of them, but a lot of them. And if you're not putting a 12 on the bottle, a lot of them say, hey, I, call me in eight years, you know, and um, and that's fine. I respect that. It's just not the way I view it. Um, so yeah. So we went through the first. Uh, so the 86 is a three year. That's in the that, 10 that was a, yeah, a little under three years um, or just Would about you? three years in a 10 gallon barrel. The 30 gallon will be getting close to four, but not quite there yeah, yet. We did a four year and then we got a four year and another four. Uh, no, oh, and then, then we're getting to 90. And I, that, stop. Hold on. Hold on. So we got to go to the I'm, I'm going to save some of the I want to save this one. I, I didn't save enough of that one to come back and revisit it. Hopefully we can get our sentences together and we can come back and revisit it. So even if you hang up, I still may be, I may be on here talking still. You never know. 
Uh, you, so actually, you could leave and then come back, and I could still be on here. I already did. But I already did. <laughs> a good point. I mean, you did. So I don't have a uh, – we. I don't know. How do we get like a – I don't want to be rude and say assistant because that's, uh, I don't mean it in a derogatory way, but uh, we need somebody to open our shows up for us. <laughs> we need to get somebody to, I like the way you did that. It's classy. classy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I play with me. I, you know, I, just, uh, you know, I play these little games with employees. That's right. Assert my dominance in the structure. It's like, uh, it's like, Hey, uh, talk to these guys. It's going to be fun. And she's like, Holy shit. Who are these people? Get me off here. <laughs> that's right. Uh, all right. So we're going to, I'm going to move to the Sherry cast finish. Cause I want to revisit yeah. this cast strength um and uh yeah i mean so far and you know if, if we called it birdies and american single malt it wouldn't have the same ring to it and you probably wouldn't have accepted the invite so um <laughs> uh, yeah it's birdies and bourbon but uh we're we're sampling uh american single malt from old line spirits that's uh two s's by the way <laughs> Uh, with uh, with a, with a, with Mark, the naval aviator. I mean, this is unbelievable. I mean, what's the chance that we're going to wind up on a show talking about shit like this, man? Uh, in all honesty. Well, here we are. Here we are. Hey, and if you're if you're catching this like mid-show, go back and listen to the first part, and you're going to be like, "There's no way that this is scripted, and it can't be reality." But uh, I'm taking it at face value, my friend. Cheers. So walk us through the, uh, so the Sherry cat and I'm a big cast guy. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I like, I'm kind of gravitating towards, uh, these finished, um, uh, whiskeys. Sure. Uh, you know, just because, I mean, I, I've drank, uh, who knows how much, right? I mean, it's, uh, I don't want to measure it because I have to lie to my doctor even more after the fact, but, <laughs> and that's just growing up as a kid, right? And growing up in East Tennessee, I had to drink this shitty ass, uh, moonshine sure? uh, that, that they flavored. So, you know, it's like, <sighs> I, I, I do, I do keep a, buy, uh, I keep a Mason jar of, of one on the shelf. And every time I run out, my buddy sends me another one, but, um, I, I'm a fan of, of finishes, so uh, let's see. We're working on uh, four years. Yep. A um, hundred proof. So it's like a bottled in bond. Uh, I know uh, it can't. I know. I know it can't technically be. Yeah. Yeah. I know it can't technically be. But so how did you know you wanted to do? And, and so why? Why the finish route? So the finishes. Uh, I mean, honestly, they're like, when it comes to the distilling world, that's the easiest, lowest risk way to start to feel out kind of innovation, right? So like when we look at the, what we took over from Bob and Jim, uh, we knew that that worked and we wanted to do more things that were, you know, more our own and, and kind of go in different directions without ever losing that kind of core direction that Bob and Jim, you know, gave us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a little bit of a, a segue here and come back. One thing that I, I didn't mention yet was that when we moved the business from the West Coast to Baltimore, we had a nightmare of a time getting open in the city. Um, and it was more of a, a, a landlord situation, not necessarily a city regulatory situation. You it mean in, in Maryland? In Baltimore? You're, are you in Baltimore proper? In Baltimore proper, yeah. Oh, wow. Um, so we, uh, you know, we were going to be in one facility, and that just went sideways. And then we, were gonna, then we moved to where we are now under a different <clears throat> building owner. That was just a, a complete nightmare, and he sold the building. And finally, the guy that owns the building now has been wonderful. But that whole saga was like two years. So we thought we were going to move this little tiny business from, you know, 1,500 square feet, 2,000 square feet in Bob's property to – Get that U-Haul fired up, boys. <laughs> <laughs> I think it went about 45 miles per hour. <laughs> 
Like I was the people you hit, you would have hated me if you drove by me. I got my hazards on, you know, I was flooring it as fast as it would go. So, um, we, uh, uh, you know, thought we'd be cranking out whiskey on that little still right away while we waited for our bigger still to get installed and blah, blah, blah. Well, two year, it became readily apparent that that wasn't going to happen quickly. Uh, due to powers, you know, beyond our, our ability. To and, and is this like, uh, like the city of Baltimore, like government issues and challenges? Um, no, honestly, God, like the city's been fine. Hmm. Uh, this has been, it's a landlord issue. Hmm. Um, and oh. our landlord is wonderful, but we had a couple of issues before. So you've moved since, uh, the original. We moved, we were in one place. We kind of had our stuff in there and we were about to be like spent money on architects. We were going to break ground. And then they kind of threw a curveball saying, by the way, there's no sewage in here. Which oh man. Uh, the toilet flushes, but it goes to a holding tank. And oh like, man! I mean, that, it was. It was. I mean, it was almost criminally negligent. That, yeah. that they, told, they held on that permission for months, and then. Um, Did you say, hey, we, buddy, when you see that plane flying over, I know we. <laughs> I, I know. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa! I retract. I retract any comment that was previously made, and we're moving forward with the show. <laughs> so the. Um, uh, it's a funny story. I, I'll, maybe offline, I'll tell you. Yeah, offline, offline. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so most, it mostly it was landlord-related stuff. But the, the point being, it became readily apparent that our plan of moving that U-Haul here and cranking out like a month later, start making whiskey again was not going to happen. So we had to find a place to start making whiskey. And we found a place in Columbus, Ohio called Middle West Spirits. I don't know if you've heard of them. Mm-hmm. Um, wonderful guys. They're about five, six, seven years ahead of us as far as growth cycle. But they had just put in, you know, a, a 24 inch, 50 foot tall Vendome column system, 6,000 gallon batch, right? And they were looking, and their brand wasn't big enough to require that production themselves. They were looking for partners to help, you know, basically help finance that asset was, you know, so, hey, you come out, we'll produce your whiskey with you. And then that helps them kind of finance that asset they put in. And they were willing to let us uh, not only use our grain, which is, you know, common, but they were willing to let us use our own yeast, which a lot of distillers were very, reluctant to do because you know yeast as you probably you got to wash the bag you got to wash everything out and clean it oh, up oh, and yeah, yeah. And it can yeah get up in the rafters and come down it could screw up your next batch but they were very confident in their procedures and let us do it so when i mentioned earlier like learning from bob and jim was amazing that was like learning how to make a cake from your grandmother that's like okay bob will say hey hey step one two three step four step last and you're, you're taking your notes you know okay hey, bob how come you match in at 165 it's like I don't know. I do. You know, like what, what do you want from me? Um, he just did it enough times where that's just, that's just what he figured out worked. You go to these guys in Ohio and they're chemists and engineers and they helped us deconstruct what Bob gave us and say, okay, we can do it this way. It's very inefficient. So why don't we make these changes? And they helped us like, learn the why and the how behind it. So that was like, as Arch puts it, that's like our master's degree course in distilling. Bob and Jim gave us the bachelor's degree, the amazing, they gave us really almost everything we have. Um, as far as the core identity of our product, but the guys in uh, Columbus helped us refine it and help us make it more economical. Um, I, I, I can't even, I'm, I'm still like, w- when's the like gotcha moment? Like, <laughs> Hey, j- just kidding. We bought this at a store and we put, a, I mean, I, th- this shit is unreal, man. I mean, it's unreal from the set, like how that, and I don't know, you want to taste and talk about the, let's talk about the whiskey a little bit. This year. Yeah, I, I went off that tangent for a reason. I forget no, 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 no. I, I, I want to talk about how in the hell Bob learned to make whiskey, <laughs> but, uh, but hold on. We're, 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 
We're tasting. Any moment now, Cal, he's going to say, and by the way, Clooney's involved now. We made another billion dollars. Exactly. That's exactly where I'm going. What? Don't give it away, Dan. Sorry. (laughs) Hey, hey, see, like I told you, everybody's like, oh, Cal always ruins the show. Uh, Oh, yeah. Oh, Cal's the one that always gets liquored up and ruins everything. And here Dan goes, putting his foot in my mouth. I don't know. That was weird. So, no. That was weird. That was weird. Okay, we're not not doing that. Hold on. But so we're drinking this sherry cask finish, and I've saved, I didn't save enough of that one. But. Here's what I'm, I, I'm looking at this and I, uh, let me make sure I got these in the right way. It's a lighter color. Definitely. You know, almost, almost a little amber you do it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's kind of weird and how I would think the sherry cask would be darker than. Well, so the, 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 to, to what this is, so the first two you try were uh, well, the sherry, or, ca- the sherry cask is darker. Yeah. Uh, I'm sad. I don't have them side by side right now, but I would have thought it, well, uh, I would have thought it'd be a little lighter, but, um, the uh, the first two you tried were all virgin oak the entire time they aged. Mm-hmm. The sherry cask was uh, 53 gallon virgin number four char for two years, and we did a long <clears> finishing in uh, 53 gallon used Oloroso sherry for two years. Now, two you know six months to a year is kind of the, more the sweet spot for most finishing. Um, we are very very pleased with this. When we do it again, we're going to target more of a three to four year primary and a one year secondary. Can so, I request a uh, like a, a a vermouth uh, a vermouth finish barrel? <laughs> you know, we thought about that. We thought about that. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I I think uh, I think this malt would. And I, I when I say request, I, you know, I'm uh, this tongue in cheek, right? Yeah, and no, of course. Um, well, wait a minute. Unless you're not taking it that way, and I could be very serious. Uh, but I, I think that. And, and here's what I think people are, are missing is so, I mean, I love a Negroni, right? So, and I don't know, uh, Jen or vodka? Uh, for, well, I, I'm, no, uh, no, 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 just in general. If I'm serving you a clear spirit and yeah. the one of two choices, Jen or vodka, I'm gonna go vodka. I can't, I'm not a two floor yeah, oh, yeah, guy. All right, well, I, hey, I, it was, it, it was there. a great time having old line spirits on tonight, and uh, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, so, so I'm a gin guy, like, I only have one bottle of vodka on the shelf, and I keep it for uh, for a dear friend of mine when he comes over, and that, that's the only bottle, just because I, I don't feel like there's any point it doesn't bring anything to the conversation for me i, I understand that yeah i don't yeah, need yeah. much vodka either but i the, the floral nature of gin just triggers something that i it, it puts you off yeah yeah so but you know what i do like i do like a good rum uh a rum negroni um i like a um i like a boulevardier uh Ooh. you know so uh a, a, a whiskey or bourbon in bourbon negroni yeah, I um i i think i like i haven't actually done this i'm not going to do it now most of the time this would be the point where i would get up and leave the conversation and you guys would be chatting and i'd make a boulevardier i can't say that i'm not going to do it before we're <laughs> but we we got limited time and we got to keep um, you know we we don't want to lose uh, lose what we have with you but i think this malt with that um uh like that that kind of spirited malt kind of freshness of that it actually this American single malt reminds me so much of a gin with, I'm surprised to hear you say that I'm not because it's completely different. It's like, uh, Hey, I like apples and I like, um, uh, baseball chocolate. Yeah. Right. But apples and chocolate. Right. But but if you think about the the similarities between like this, um, the the American single malt and the uniqueness of it and just the aromas that it kind of puts off, 
Uh, I mean, it's like it's it kind of reminds me of gin, just in a different color with a different profile. And I can, not, I can understand what you're saying. Uh, yeah, I definitely can. I, I'm not explaining it very well, so uh, we've definitely lost everybody. That's and I, listening and I think right what you're now, saying, I, I get more so on the sherry finish than I do on the others. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, it's um, we're very very pleased with this. Uh, like I said, each time we do something, we always kind of you know as, as every you know, distiller does is you think, how can we do it better? So what we have going now has been aged in the primary aging longer. So we'll have a little more of a vanillin, uh, tannin kind of caramel note, um, before it goes in the finishing barrel. But to your point about other finishes, we haven't done a vermouth finish, although we love the idea. We actually at one point entertained the idea of having a, uh, a buddy of ours produce vermouth in our building. Um, and if you, by the way, put a good vermouth, like with samples, <laughs> samples, samples, but, uh, he actually, he made some at home. It was really good. Um, it, the, uh, but we use here at our bar, we use, uh, Koki Torino, if you're familiar. Sure. Uh, which I love. And then Carpano Antica is, is wonderful. Come on. So, yeah. I mean, you, yeah, you keep, yeah. 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 I mean, I don't, have you been to, um, have you traveled? Have you been to Italy? My ship pulled in Naples when I was like 26. So like, if you can imagine, whoa, 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 sir. That's this. That's not that kind of show. It's not, yeah, right, that kind, exactly. it's not that kind of, but yeah, so yeah, yeah I, I can imagine I've seen that part of Italy. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, you know, once you, once you go to Italy and whether it's, um, uh, Rome, Madrid, I mean, just start naming the names and, and you walk into, uh, you know, kind of the mom and pop shop and like they make their own vermouth. Right. And they, they barrel it in the house and sure. people are going and filling up jugs because, you know, they're doing it there. I mean, that's kind of the uniqueness. But again, I, you know, the relevance back to, uh, you know, what's relevant back to old line spirits is it, that that's like really promising. I mean, that is like, man, I, I could turn that into a fantastic fucking Manhattan dude. I agree. Yeah. Manhattan is, it, I agree. Manhattan. I mean, it makes a great old fashioned too. Alyssa and I yeah. for the show. Um, Alyssa. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> she, she wishes she had another one right now after hearing me talk for too long, but the, uh, yeah, no, I agreed. And like in a good, I mean, not to get off on vermouth too much, but what, what yeah. I've loved in the past couple of years is knowing that like, a good vermouth, like a Carpano Antica or a Coqui Torino or things like that. I mean, I'll put an ice cube in it, I'll sip on it, and I will not be disappointed. Like, it's, you know, like, it's, I love it, you know? And then, and let alone put that with a good whiskey uh, and uh, have it. Yeah. I, I mean, whoever said a Bloody Mary was the best hangover cure in the world, I'd like to um, serve them a, uh, a nice, cool glass of vermouth with a little twist on top and uh, tell me, tell me that that damn tomato juice tastes better than this. I, I, I think I, yeah, I haven't done that, but I think you just changed my life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, do not brag about that because there will be people that argue. With you. Uh, so, so, um, so I, I like it. So you're going, so you're going to go down some more finish, uh, yep. some more finishes. We have, uh, so you have right now we have four tawny port uh, barrels that are about 60 gallon or 59 or 60 nice. gallon barrels. They've been going since like, what month is it now? January, probably since like midsummer. Oh, nice. And then uh, some Madeira casks. We got more sherry. Oh. Uh, and then one thing, I'm kicking myself for not sending this, and I, di- I didn't send it for a reason because I like to focus on the whiskey. Mm-hmm. But I, I will send this to you after the fact, just so you can try it's it. The it's uh, the rum. Rum. And the rum is oh, our own man. blend of uh, seven to eleven year old barrels that we have a blender in Texas, husband and wife we work with that are supremely talented. Uh, and uh, uh, Luis and Margaret Ayala, they're incredible. And they helped us over like a year develop this blend of rum 
you know, it's purely aged, no spicing to it. So it's, you know, it's water, molasses, yeast, distilled in used bourbon barrels. But it's like a very uh, rich butterscotch caramel notes, all from the oak uh, in the distillate. And at hey, any rate, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Let, let's let's commit to this. Let's sure. let's do a uh, we, we, let's get a mulligan. And I, I can't say that I'm going to bring anything better than what I'm bringing tonight. But whatever you didn't send, yeah. Let's uh, let let's let's reboot. And sure. th- 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 this is not going bad. This is going extremely well. Okay. But you've got, I mean, I was nosing around on your website because so I can be like somewhat intelligent about what we're talking, you know, as, uh, as I, as I filter my way through these, uh, these drinks, but, and I'm like going like, shit, why didn't he send, why didn't he send a rum sample? I, 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 yeah. I kept it simple for a couple, well, two reasons. One, we focus on the whiskey and I try not to get distracted by the rum, even though we love the rum. And, you know, I didn't really, you know, I guess I, I, I'm thinking like four samples. Like, oh, yeah, I'll keep it kind of tight on the four. But in hindsight, um, yeah, I, I agree. I can, I, we can we can certainly do it again. I mean, I'm going to get drunk and screw it up either way. Cal, I've got so a it's, better it's idea. Like, oh, 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 no. Oh, no. I'm, de- I'm definitely getting shut down now. Yeah. So we do a, a series on the on the pod now or on the show called Bourbon in a Movie. Oh! So oh! we're going to do a redo oh! with you with these, this rum and these other ones you want to do. And we're going to do Top Gun together. The original, the original, the original Top, Gun. Top Gun. Would you be open for that? We don't watch yes. the movie. We just talk about it. Yeah, no, no way. Done. Yeah. Done. I love do you, it. Do you need my address? <laughs> no, uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Keep, keep going. Uh, on. Hold on. So, uh, yeah, and, and Mark, that is a real thing. Oh, hold on. Wait a minute. I, shit, I've already forgot. I wrote it down. I thought, but uh, <laughs> what'd you say your call sign was? Fonda. 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 Like Jane. Yeah. yeah. yeah like, like Hanoi Jane. Yeah, yeah. I, can, I can tell you that story. Fonda. Yeah. It was almost hijack. That's yeah. a great story. Can I? Oh. <laughs> okay. Hey, like I said, this is your show, not ours. So you keep it as PG as you want to. Uh, well, it's not a PG. It's, it, if you got the time, I got the story. But um, <laughs> you know. That's a you thing, man. All right. All right. Well, uh, well, Fonda, I'll, I'll start with the easy one. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm, I'm moving on so, to the golden, golden edition, edition as I listen to this, by the way. Yeah, well, so I'll, I'll take a brief alert here. The golden edition is uh, when we bought Bob and Jim's business, they mostly did small barrel aging. They had three you know, traditional size, 53-gallon barrels of their flagship malt that was only a, you know, a couple of years old when we got it. Nowhere near ready yet. But we basically decided to hang on to those barrels, and you, they would be like an indicator of what our malt will taste like over the years. Not exactly, because they distilled um, a little bit differently. They actually single distilled. Believe it or you not. got a profile. You got a profile. Yeah, a profile is a, a, a somewhat of an approximation of what a you know a six year, seven year, and eight year look like. And we and we hung on to these until eight years. Then um, that was twenty eight, nineteen rather, and we emptied about half of the barrels and left the remaining half filled. And we, you know, had our golden edition, which is, you know, you know, rooted in this is the last, this is the, the final passing of the torch of Bob and Jim to us, really. Um, and then we let it age one more year. The, you know, the barrels were only half emptied, and then we released it again in 2020. And uh, it's one of the oldest American single malts out there. And I'm going to pour some with you. Uh, and yeah. you, mentioned, you mentioned honey earlier, and I was kind of biting my tongue because for me, I get the honey like crazy. So I haven't cool. tasted yet. I, I was just smelling. Oh. <laughs> so this is so this is a nine-year American single malt. We're coming in at a hundred proof. Yep. Uh, hey, so l- let me let me just. Uh, I, I don't know if this is rude or bad or whatever. I feel like we're in a relationship now, and we can uh, say whatever, and uh, we ain't gonna hold it against each other, right? Sure, I'm, uh, uh, I'm, there. I'm there. Have you have you ever? So you bought uh, like ten to like canned or ten biscuits, like Pillsbury Doughboy biscuits 
Like they're in the little wrapper with the cardboard shit around them and you peel the label off and then it goes and it pops. I swear to God, I like when I smell this, I smell like the can, the Pillsbury Doughboy biscuit can just popped. You know, (laughs) do you you see that? I I never thought of it in those terms, but I have used the term biscuity before. Mm. Yeah, no, but I'm telling you, like, and again, I grew up in a trailer in East Tennessee, right? So we didn't get, uh, it was rough up there, but it was rough up there, damn it, I'm telling you. I mean, in the hills and the hollers, but. But really, like I'm getting like that, that, hey, it's like, and it's like, oh, well, those are biscuits in there. (laughs) The, uh, yep. So I never thought of it in those exact terms, but I definitely get what you're saying. For me, I get a ton of honey. Yeah, that's me. Not everybody gets this. Oh my God. This thing is like, so once again, so this one's kind of weird. I don't mean weird in a bad way, but it's, it, I, I definitely, I'm glad I saved the last, uh, the other two. Um, it, I mean, it's not carbonated. Um, I, I, what I will say is I get a lot, I get a, a lot up front. I get a lot on the smell. Um, it, the finish doesn't, it, 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 it is not a long finish for me on this one, which is not a bad thing. Yeah, it's, a, yeah it's, it's, it's in my opinion. Let's get some Alyssa there to join us. Um, but yeah, for me, like the, the, the oak level, the tannin level um, is a lot less aggressive. Um, and then again, I, I keep saying honey, but that's what I get. Um, and more of a, you know, we say stone fruit earlier. When you mentioned the peaches earlier, I think of like nectarine, almost like almost like barely ripe nectarine on some of the earlier ones. This I get more of an overripe, uh, overripe stone fruit. Overripe, not just meaning it's a little sweeter, a little richer mm-hmm. um, on this one. That's just my personal my personal take on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it it's kind of weird to me that I mean, if I were looking at just, uh, and I don't uh, I don't have the labels up. By the way, you guys have a very clean. Your label is very clean and uh, you know kind of non subjective to like a bunch of bullshit, which, which I'm like, I don't, that's, a, that's, that's a story for a different time, but I'm like, why didn't Bob on the damn label somewhere? Yeah. You know, it will. So the, on the golden edition bottle, uh, we're actually, so here's the bottle for those of you who actually are watching it. It's kind of hard to see, but um, this actually came to the box and the box had the entire, like, well, not the entire, but as much of the story as we could fit on the box. Um, so you could pick this up and read like, Hey, this is, this is basically in a nutshell, what this is all about. And uh, Jim, why didn't Jim on the box? Or uh, he, he, Jim is on the box. Uh, well, their, their faces aren't, but like their names and their heritage. Yeah. Yeah. This, all that the story. The box. And they're on our website too. And, uh, as is middle West and Ohio, because they were such a big yeah. part of ours getting going. So Very cool. part of that is just transparency. You know, people want to know the pedigree and we want to share it. And part of it also just is, is just giving credit to where credit's due and those people that helped us so much. But, um, but at any rate, um, you know, we were very, very cognizant of having immense pride for Bob and Jim mm-hmm. and Bob in particular, because, you know, just by nature of Jim passed away, like we right. know, we got to know Bob a lot better, um, because we only knew Jim a little bit. Um, but regardless, very cognizant of loving that heritage, but also making our own way and doing it in a way that was tremendously respectful and acknowledging what they did for us, but that this is, you know, this is our story now. Um, even though they're a massive part of it, this is our story now. It's kind of the, we kind of run that fine line of, of how we do that, but we've wanted to get Bob out here for a year. He was going to come out recently and then COVID struck and he, mm. and he could come. Uh, 
but he he he'd, he'd walk around drinking Coors in the yellow can, you know, Coors original, and just. That's work. called a hey. That's called a yellow jacket, son. <laughs> called a what? Yellow jacket. A yellow. That, I forgot that actually. Um, and uh, uh, respectfully, sir. <laughs> so drinking yellow jackets and, and flirting with every woman age 18 to 90. God bless him. Mark, 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 I, I, I have a, um, so forget every other commitment and every other thing that we said, can we, is Bob in the state and is he uh, sharp enough that he could get on a zoom call and have a conversation? Oh, at, Bob, yes. Sorry, I lost you there for about 10 seconds, but I, the gist of it is, can we get Bob on? Absolutely. Uh, uh, please, can, can we do that? Yeah, why not? Why not? I love the idea. Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll, so, so we've got, uh, wait a minute. I, I, I hear, I hear the, uh, I hear the delivery truck pulling up. It's like, <laughs> honk, honk. It's well, like, I <laughs> Uh, no, but, uh, but I mean, no shit, man. I mean, this is like, I'm, I'm not kidding. And, and it's not because I've been drinking. I would say this nevertheless, like I read your story on your website and, uh, you know, I was reading about all the stuff and you talk about the Midwest and I'm not discounting anything. I, I hope you don't, you're not taking this in the wrong way, oh. it, it, but I, I read the stuff, but the, the, the line of bullshit that you led us to at the beginning of this, uh, the beginning of this conversation, it, it's like, there's no way this is possible. And, and we story. have to, and, and number two, uh, let's honor Jim and, uh, and we'll, we'll move on past that. And I'm not trying to be sentimental, but I mean, like this is, uh, it's not even fucking real, dude. It's a great story. Yeah. It, it's like, it's like somebody down the street from you. It's like, Hey, I'm climbing trees and digging ditches and, uh, uh no, not digging. I'm climbing trees and I I'm paddling down the river and somebody says, Hey man, do you want to come open up a distillery? It's like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know what's happening in Maryland, but I need to get closer to fucking Maryland. Well, uh, again, Paul, my internet must keep, I apologize, but I, I'm, I'm getting the gist of it, but I'm, yeah. I'm you guys are freezing for a second. I apologize. It's probably my end, but, right. uh, yeah, no, it, it, yeah, Bob, uh, he'll steal the show. Um, <laughs> right. uh, he, he recently, we did a, the Baltimore sun did a front page article on veterans day of 2019 as we were releasing the golden edition and they did a front page and, and Chuck Cowdery did one in whiskey advocate as well on us. And it was awesome that like people just love that story. And, you know, the Baltimore sun reporter was on the phone with Bob all and that was like an hour and I loved every minute of it. You oh, know, like cool. he's just, he's just, a, he's a phenomenal human being. And, uh, one of our favorite pictures actually is a picture of Bob. His dad was, um, when he, Bob was in Vietnam, he was an infantry officer. And, um, you know, we would chat about that a little bit, you know, not, not things that I'm sure, you know, here, obviously you were just out of respect for Bob, but just things that we would chat about, you know, late nights at the distillery. And he's telling us one night, this thing I, I would share is, is that, uh, his dad was involved in supply, delivering supplies to the troops in Vietnam as a civilian. And one day he was like somehow near his son coming off a patrol. And there's a picture of Bob having been in the bush for probably four five, six, seven days, grizzled as hell, you know, all his combat gear and shaking his dad's hand. And Bob gave us that picture. And it was just like, he just wanted us to have it. And it's, uh, I don't know. I, I think the world of that guy, he's, you know, he's, far more than a person we bought a business from. He's just, that's, that's uh, how, how ridiculous. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, Mark, <laughs> right, right now. I mean, how ridiculous is this conversation that we're having? 
I mean, to me, it's old hat, you know, like I, I know, it's right? no, I, I, know, I know, but I mean, it's crazy, dude. I mean, what's the chance? It's like, I want to go make bourbon. Now I'm an American single malt magnet. Yeah, ask my wife what she thinks of it. Right? <laughs> I make like, the money that a, a first grade hey, teacher. No, 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 no. <laughs> so, uh, so do you, do you want you want to hear the namesake story? Is that is that yeah. where we are? Yeah. Well, yeah. hold on. Wait a minute. Yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> I, wait, well, hold on. Hold right, on. And, I don't know. And I don't know when you, you if you need to leave if you got a time frame. No, I got time. You're dying your dance floor. I got, I got time. Okay. Well, Dan, how are you doing? Good. I got some questions from Mark too. Oh, well, hammer down. Well, I was going to wait till you, you get done with the tasting. Mine are more on well, the other stuff. So, so I, I just hit the sherry cask. The sherry cask, oddly enough, is the, um, that's the most, um, that, that's what I get the most alcohol off of. Uh, uh, of and I don't know why, but yeah, you know, I, I, I think I, I see what you're saying. Um, um I, I see what you're saying. I, I it's, 21, I think the golden at any golden at hundred drinks like an 85. Hmm. Um, and, uh, I think the sherry drinks after that, you know, I think you, you notice the proof at that point. Um, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's, uh, like some of your stuff could get me in uh, a lot of trouble and Dan would, uh, would not be, uh, he'd be <laughs> looking for a new. So by the way, Mark, uh, you ever think about co-hosting a podcast? <laughs> uh, Mark, no. tell, us, tell us the name uh, story. I was hoping you'd ask. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, hold on. Well, who, who are you getting rid of first? <laughs> uh, don't, an- don't answer. Honestly, <laughs> don't answer. Honestly, uh, Mark, I want, I, want, I want me and Dixie. There you go. The whom? There you go. Uh, tell us the name Dixie. story, Mark. I want to hear this name story. Uh, Dan, you, uh, you had a, you had a. Yeah, uh, we, we want to hear this name story. Oh, got it. All right. Well, so uh, Fonda. So as, as I said, call signs in the Navy are not. You never get the one you want, right? It's uh, the pattern. Uh, Fonda, Fonda. The pattern is full. <laughs> the pattern is whatever I want it to be, right? Uh, so the, uh, we would, uh, you know, you, you never, you choose your name, your, your friends choose it for you. And it's just, you know, it is what it is. And I, when we're not being recorded, I'll tell you some call. Like how can somebody go around being called that <laughs> and, and with, a, with a straight face, right? For example, like your call sign is your persona. Like the sailors who are like working there, the they can't call me Fonda. They call me, you know, lieutenant sir, whatever, mm-hmm. but like your peers and people above you, it's fine. Like I'll give a brief to an admiral. If I, you know, say, Hey, I'm going to Mark McLaughlin call sign Fonda. And I would expect that he would, get a question you would say hey fonda like that's like becomes your professor. i have kids who call me uncle fonda like it's just like a, it's, <laughs> that's who you are that's so nice. that's the whole jane fonda thing it really bothered me for the first couple of years and then eventually it becomes your name and you don't really care anymore mm-hmm. but uh when i joined the military uh i'm an independent now but i was a democrat at the time and i'm not to get into politics at all but that's not but one of the rules when you have when you get to a new squadron the best way to put it is the best advice i ever got was hey man welcome to the squadron for the first six months never pass up the opportunity to shut the fuck up. Like you basically <laughs> shut up and learn and your opinion, no one cares. Right. right. And just learn. And eventually you'll know when maybe you kind of matter, but you don't right now. And, uh, I was, somebody was going off. One of my good friends from Tennessee was going off on some, like some crazy political rants. And I, I have like, I, okay, I'm going to come in like devil's advocate and, and throw something out there. And the room kind of all agreed with me, but I was a new guy and I spoke. Mm. So they kicked you in the dick. <laughs> Oh, he's frozen. He frozen. I don't know now. if that's intentional or if it's, uh, but over here. 
So that's Jane Fonda. That's stuck, unfortunately. Well, it's who I am. I love it now. But, you know. uh, so hold on. So, Mark, are you a golfer? Do you play golf? Sorry, uh, I, I, my internet's horrible. Do, do I no, golf? The last question. Do you, do you play golf? You know, I grew up playing golf. Just you know, at local municipal court. Hmm. I could go out in the course and not. I could not embarrass myself, but I'd be if I if I took on a score on an average course, I'm I'm going to be hitting a hitting a 105, 110. Hmm. So uh, you know, but I could go out there and not look, make an ass out of myself. Which breaks me. Which which brings me to my next question. Speaking of 105, are you still a Brady fan? I am. So okay. yes. Uh, oh! I, uh, you know, I'm a past guy, obviously, and yeah. you know, it's just that, that'll never change. But I was disappointed that he left. I, I would have preferred that he either retired or stuck around and wrote it out at, in New England. Wasn't my choice, clearly. Um, but and I was, you know, hey, now I'm pulling for the Pats. Thank you. So yeah, yeah. Cheers, bud. Hey, everybody. Cal and Dan. Hope you guys had a good time uh, listening to uh, listen to us chat and and pour a few back with. Um, with Mark from Old Line Spirit. So, you know, as mentioned, we did uh, had a little bit, uh, some internet connection problems there towards the end. But uh, again, hey, if you're into American single malts or uh, you want to be into American single malts, got some really, really great stuff there. Uh, yeah, I, as you could tell, I definitely enjoyed uh, every, uh, every ounce that was in my glass. And uh, what a really cool story. I, you know, as I mentioned to Mark, I'm like, shit, man, this is, uh, it, it, this is movie material, man. We, I mean, we just, we just talked through a movie script. So I hope everybody, uh, hope everybody enjoyed it. And again, uh, give Old Line Spirits a try. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.